0: This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the number one daily fantasy sports app. Oh, my goodness. Good morning. Good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 599. Welcome in. Tomorrow is 600, and I'm realizing all I have planned, we'll talk about, I'm recording that And it'll be, I mean, what do we talk about? We'll talk about Thursday Night Football. We'll do Fun Friday. We'll do Patreon questions. I don't really have anything special planned. It'll just be like a fun episode where, I mean, Fun Friday, I feel like in of itself is a special episode, so maybe there's that. But I am planning on having my dad on the podcast on episode 601, so maybe there's a special occasion there. I'm not sure. Um, This one, for sure, is gonna be a very, very long episode. Earlier today, I sat down And recorded a segment with Jacob, the person I played against in fantasy football this weekend. And uh, Jacob turned out to be really, really cool. I was shocked by this. Jacob plays college football. He's a safety. He's injured right now. Uh, It was really, really cool to talk about him. We ended up talking mostly about life and about college football. Way more than talking about fantasy football. But we did talk about some of the stuff that happened. Some of the moments where he was like, I can't believe this is going down this week in our matchup. Um... Also, this is kind of out of pocket, but the dude has great hair, like, the same way that Zach stick together, anyone named Zach, no matter how you spell it right or wrong, I'll still have your back. Uh, Jacob has long, curly, blonde hair, and I was like, my man! In fact, his hair is more blonde than mine, so Jacob, what's up? Love the hair, he was awesome, it was really fun to talk to him, and last week I recorded the interview after doing the show, this week I know how it went, so... I have his video, um, I have his audio, assuming his audio was kind of quiet, he was not using a microphone or a headset, so I'll have to play around with that and make it sound good, but um, yeah, we got Jacob on the show, he was fantastic. Now, during week five, I won my fantasy football matchup. I beat Jacob's team 93.86 to 90.24. I won by a little over three points this week. It was a really, really narrow, marginal win. And uh, I want to share, I said the word out of pocket a second ago, I want you to prepare yourself. I changed my team name this week. Um, Remember, my team name was the Serial Predators because of my quarterback, Deshaun Watson. Well, Deshaun Watson had a bye week this week. He didn't play. So I had to pick up another quarterback, and the only quarterback available, really, that was of any value, and that's questionable even to call this quarterback of value, but I had to pick up Jets quarterback, Zach Wilson, to be my quarterback this week, and, uh, Because of my preferences as an adult and as a person and because of Zach Wilson's apparent preferences, the new team name became The Mother Lovers, which is a, it's a reference to, I'm uncomfortable saying this, like admitting this, it was a joke on the fantasy football group chat. You know that song with, gosh, the guy from NSYNC, Justin Timberlake and uh, the guy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, they made a song, look up Mother Lovers on YouTube, it's hilarious. And if you remember back in the day, Zach Wilson's ex-girlfriend, Abby Guile, accused him of sleeping with his mom's friends. So Zach Wilson, clearly a former BYU cougar into cougars. And, uh, you know, I've never slept with one of my mom's friends, but I've definitely, uh, had a, had a good time or two with, a, uh, I don't know if they were even moms. I don't, I'm not really into moms, I guess, as much as older women, but it is, it is true. I did, uh, see, we're getting out of pocket. I don't know <laughs> if it's funny or uncomfortable. I did, uh, I spent time one time with, how do I say this? I matched with my friend's aunt on Tinder one time, and uh, he still has no idea that we hung out and went on a great date and had a good time or two. Um, Jesus, what's going on in this show? My gosh. Anyway, the new team name: the Mother Lovers. Which uh, we might. We had the conversation. Now that Zach Wilson's been cutting off my football team, the name still might stick. I might just make my logo a picture of me with like sunglasses on in the back of my truck hanging out because. If the shoe fits, which it still does. Now, Jacob's team name, uh, after losing his new team name, by the way, is the McLaughlin stock because he did not play Jaleel McLaughlin. And uh, McLaughlin stock works pretty well to me. Uh, Let's talk about the matchup here in this football game or this fantasy football week. Uh, My quarterback was Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson brought in 9.56 points for me. Uh, I was honestly hoping for better, hoping for like at least a touchdown Zach Wilson coming off of a pretty good game two weeks ago against Kansas City. This weekend was pretty disappointing. He was 19 for 26 passing, 199 yards, an ugly interception. Remember, he was trying to throw a back shoulder fade down the right sideline to Garrett Wilson. Instead of throwing it outside along the sideline, he left it too far inside. Pat Sertan picked it off. Um, So no touchdowns, one interception. He did carry the ball three times for 26 yards. But overall, Zach Wilson... um, I had higher hopes than what he delivered against a really, really awful Denver Broncos defense this weekend. Now, Jacobs quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, had 19.24 points, was 31 for thir- 31 for 41 passing, 281 yards, two touchdowns. Certainly, I lost the quarterback matchup, but as far as things went, to for me to start Zach Wilson and him to start Patrick Mahomes, for me to only lose that matchup by 10 points, really not bad. I was like, you know what? Things could have been way, way, way worse. And uh, all things considered, I feel like I weathered the storm without my starting quarterback, Deshaun Watson. Now, at the running back position, I am noticing a weakness with my strategy. I live in Hawaii. Football here starts at 7 a.m. in the NFL. And your boy Zach has had a late Saturday, two weekends in a row. So this weekend I went to watch Kahuku. Against Campbell, way over like an hour away on the other side of the island with my friend. My new friend Joel, who didn't kill me. We hung out, it was awesome. Became a friend, I think. We text occasionally now. Ooh. I might have a guy friend on the island. Hallelujah. I don't have to. I mean, I don't I'm not really dying for friendship, but it'll be cool to have maybe a friend I can hang out with and not just go to the beach by myself all the time. Maybe someone to watch the Super Bowl with, potentially. Joel, what's up? Um my running back number one. Because I was out late on Saturday night, after the Kahuku high school football game, I ended up watching the Red River Showdown between Oklahoma and Texas. So I was up till like 2 a.m. Saturday night. Wake up like 7.05 Sunday morning to watch football. I find out while I was sleeping in bed, it was announced that my running back, Jameer Gibbs, was injured and not going to play. So my number one running back did not play. At all this week, which uh, that's a brutal hit. To have no points at the running back position for one of your spots, it's a big deal. And so I'm learning that uh, if I'm going to win in fantasy football, I mean, I survived it this week. Somehow, uh, I still won by three points, but I really do have to start getting up earlier on Sunday. Even if I wake up at 530, I see what the injury report is, make a change, go back to sleep for an hour. I have to be awake before football starts on Sundays. Otherwise, I'm going to have a recurring problem where... Um, I need someone to play. They're not in the starting lineup because a team waits till the last minute to announce they're not playing, and uh, I got to be flexible with that. So Jameer Jameer Gibbs, no points for me. His number one running back, Damian Pierce, though, only had 9.2 points, so not terrible. Damian Pierce had 20 carries for 66 yards, one catch for 16 yards, no touchdowns. So thankfully, I did also survive that terrible matchup as well. My number two running back, Isaiah Pacheco, had 13.4 points on 16 carries for 55 yards, a touchdown run. He also had one catch for nine yards. And then Jacob's number two running back, Kyron Williams, only had 7.7 points. So under eight points for his number two running back. Basically, Jacob didn't do much at the running back position. Neither did I, but that helped me in the matchup here. Kyron Williams had 13 carries for 53 yards, two catches for four yards. Um, this really happened. Kyron Williams is a really good running back who's actually been great all year for Jacob, but the Rams played against Philly, so that really helped me. Playing a great defense shut down Kyron Williams a little bit and uh, made it possible, frankly, for me to win because there was so, there was no margin for error here. Basically, if anything went slightly differently, I would have lost this week. I found a way to win anyway. Now, um, before we continue, remember... I got to take a short break. I got to pay for food. I got to pay for a place to live. got to pay my rent. I'm going to take a short break. I will be right back. Prize Picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app. Picks allows you to make an entry based on player projections. And in 60 seconds, you can enter something like Travis Kelsey, more than five catches. Tyreek Hill, more than 100 yards receiving. And Justin Fields, less than 200 yards passing. And if your picks are right, you can win money. Making picks makes games more engaging and you could turn something like $5 into 50. PrizePicks offers quick and easy deposits. You can even use Apple Pay. And they have weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. For example, there's a weekly event called Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, PrizePix discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. To put your skills to the test in daily fantasy, go to prizepicks.com slash CLNS and use code CLNS for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash CLNS, code CLNS for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePicks, daily fantasy made easy all right we are back welcome in let's talk about the wide receiver matchup my number one wide receiver nico collins the receiver in houston didn't do a lot this week he had 6.9 points three catches for 39 yards very average not really doing anything his number one receiver Jalen waddle had five catches for 35 yards and a touchdown Jalen waddle brought in 14.5 points to be honest as far as Jalen waddle goes That's a fairly mundane day. I'm really glad. I feel like I got away with one here where I played a pretty good team. Jacob was number two in the league going into this week, and he's got a lot of great players. Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Waddell, and these guys didn't have a great game. Hallelujah. I'm very lucky. My number two receiver, Calvin Ridley, had 20.6 points with two carries, by the way, two carries for 14 yards, also seven catches for 122 yards receiving. And then thankfully we'll talk about this in a moment but his number 2 receiver Debo Samuel only had 11.5 points, 5 carries for 30 yards plus 3 catches for 50, for 55 yards. There was a moment in this game where I was watching Sunday night football between the 49ers and the Cowboys. Debo Samuel caught like a slant and was tackled on the 1 yard line and I was like <gasps> Holding my breath. Because if, remember, I had no margin for error here. If Debo Samuel gets a touchdown on that play, I lose. And there was nothing that I could have done about it. And uh, thankfully, they kept Debo Samuel out of the end zone. The only good thing the Cowboys defense did for me this weekend was not allow Debo Samuel to score on that slant on the one-yard line. Now, a tight end, I made a critical error here. It was painful to watch. Although, we talked about it last week going in. Um... I have it written down somewhere. Let me find it. George Kittle, for weeks, was not doing anything, wasn't scoring points. It was very frustrating. George Kittle, um, after not doing anything for weeks, I was like, I got to put George Kittle on the bench. He's not delivering. It's frustrating. It's not good enough. And uh, right as I bench George Kittle, guess what George Kittle does? He absolutely goes off. He caught... Three passes for 67 yards and not one, not two, but three touchdowns. It was ridiculous. George Kittle brought in 27.7 points. And uh, because I benched him, I started Dalton Kincaid, the Bills tight end. Dalton Kincaid only brought in 3.9 points. Dalton Kincaid caught two passes for 19 yards, did absolutely nothing. And uh, that's part of why this week was so close for me was because I kept the best tight end of the week. On my bench, not playing. And uh, that would just happen. That's my luck. That the minute I decide to take George Kittle out of my starting lineup, he literally has the best game of his life. He's never had a three-touchdown game ever before. And uh, to me, I I chalk it up to that's just what happens in fantasy football, man. It seems like you can have crazy stuff happen to you any week, any time. And I certainly was not happy about that. Give me one second. I want to find – there's a stat here I want to read to you if I can find it. I realized the problem. I was trying to find this note. I had this composition notebook, which I started, by the way, not long ago. That's already full. It was this composition notebook that has the notes I was trying to find. Uh, Week one, George Kittle brought in 4.9 points for my fantasy team, which uh, wasn't great, but I was like, you know what? He's a great tight end. Everyone has a down game. They're not going to score a ton of points every game. I'll keep him in my starting lineup. Week two, he had six points, and I was like... Great, but I'll be patient. Finally, week three, there was some promise. He had a touchdown. Uh, George Kittle had 16 points. And I was like, hey, not bad. There we go. But then week four, George Kittle got me 1.9 points. And I was like, okay, this young tight end in uh, Dalton Kincaid for Buffalo scoring, doing well. I think I got to make the move and bench George Kittle. I've been really tired of him not producing at a very high level for weeks now. So I said, fine, I'll bend the knee. I'm going to start Dalton Kincaid at tight end. And guess what happened? Uh, George Kittle has the game of his life. Three catches, 67 yards, three touchdowns, and I left him on my bench. Are you kidding me, man? Drove me nuts. Um, Fortunately for me, though, so I didn't score much of the tight end position. Neither did Jacob. Jacob's tight end, Evan Ingram, only had 6.8 points, four catches for 28 yards. So I weathered that storm as well, although... While I barely won, I could have won by way more by starting George Kittle. In the matchup of my flex versus his flex, my flex Zach Moss, the Colts running back, got me 33.5 points. I thought that was absolutely fantastic, baby. Remember, the Colts brought back Jonathan Taylor, their running back they just gave a ton of money to. Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor did nothing. A friend of mine, Joel, a guy I just hung out with on Saturday, said Zach Taylor had like, what did he send me? I don't even remember. I don't care. It was like... Two points. He did nothing for his fantasy team that week. Zach Moss, the other Colts running back, (laughs) 33.5 points. 23 carries, 165 yards rushing, two touchdowns. On top of that, two catches for 30 yards. I thought that was fantastic. You love seeing Zach Moss continue to do high-level stuff. I wonder, man. They're paying Jonathan Taylor a ton, but Zach Moss is delivering. Are you going to bench Zach Moss when he's playing so well? I really don't know what's going to happen there in Indy. For now, including next week, Zach Moss is in my starting lineup until he has a bad week because I'm just not really ready to move off of him. And maybe when Jonathan Taylor can get going and show he's the number one back, I'll bench Zach Moss. But for now, I'm not budging at all there. Now, Jacob's flex was Cortland Sutton. Remember, his team name used to be Sutton on D's nuts. Cortland Sutton had a really, really bad game. 2.3 points, one catch for 13 yards, and... uh Hallelujah, man. I'll take that. I love that anytime I play someone, uh, I like when anytime I play someone they've got a bad matchup or a player who does poorly, I'll take it, man. I won barely. I'll take any points I can get. Uh, The kicker matchup was one that I lost as well. Brandon McManus got me six points. He had one field goal over 40 yards, two extra points. Jacob's kicker, Jake Elliott, who's turning out to be, Jake Elliott's like the most reliable fantasy scoring kicker I feel like all year. Maybe not the highest scoring kicker week to week. But every week delivering a pretty solid amount of points. And uh, Jake was kicker, Jake Elliott, the kicker in Philly, had 11 points this week, three field goals, two extra points, and uh, not bad for him. He won the kicking matchup. And then on defense, my defense, the Cowboys' defense, got absolutely embarrassed. They got me zero points. I was actually lucky. I thought, because if you give up 35 or more points, your defense will then have minus four points. Thankfully, they also had a sack, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. That made up the difference. But my defense, the Cowboys defense gave up 42 points to the 49ers. I got zero points from them, and I call that lucky. It could have been negative points. So uh, I'll take that as a win. But I was disappointed even when like Sam Darnold came in the game. They didn't sack Sam Darnold. Like, what's happening, man? The Cowboys defense did absolutely nothing on Sunday night football against the 49ers. Jacob had the Lions defense who had two interceptions, a sack, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery. They allowed 24 points. Jacob's defense, the Lions defense got him 8 points. So that is how we got to a matchup where I won 93 to 90. The story of this game though really came down to Sunday Night Football. Going into Sunday Night Football, I had a 15-point lead. I had the Cowboys defense. The Cowboys was play the Cowboys were playing the 49ers and he had 49ers receiver, Debo Samuel. All I needed was, hey, the Cowboys defense has to have a point or two, and Debo Samuel cannot have over 15 points. Thankfully, even though the Cowboys defense was atrocious, they didn't allow Debo Samuel to have more than 15 points. I somehow won, but it was sketchy, it was really close, and I was very, very nervous. Now, remember, I made my life way more difficult this week than it needed to be, though. Because I could have started George Kittle and Dalton Kincaid. The minute I found out, if I'd woken up at 6.30 a.m. and said, oh, wow, you know, Jameer Gibbs isn't playing, take him out of the starting lineup, make Zach Moss my running back, put George Kittle at my flex spot. I could have had George Kittle scoring 27 points. And then uh, I also probably should have benched the Cowboys defense. I had the Cowboys defense playing the 49ers, but I also had the Packers defense on my bench. He scored nine points for me. They were playing Jimmy Garoppolo and the Raiders, and uh, I made a bad bet here. I really thought the Cowboys-49ers game was going to be good and close and interesting, and instead it was 42-10, to right? I was wildly off there. Now, I will say, even though George Kittle had 27 points, 27.7 technically, three touchdowns, as I was watching Sunday Night Football, I was kind of like, hey, look, if they're going to score a lot of points in San Francisco— As long as they don't go to Debo Samuel, I'm good. Like, in fact, if George Kittle's scoring touchdowns for the 49ers, it means that Debo Samuel's less and less likely to have a touchdown tonight. So that's kind of what happened, right? If if I'd started George Kittle, but then Debo Samuel had three touchdowns, I would have lost anyway. So actually, in a weird way, even though I had George Kittle on my bench and I would have liked the points, Him getting a ton of points and a ton of touchdowns rather than Debo Samuel still helps me. So I was like, anytime George Kittle caught a touchdown, I was dying inside for sure. But I was also a little bit going, you know what? Better Kittle on my bench than Debo Samuel on Jacob's starting lineup. So it was a a tenuous moment. I definitely did not play my best possible lineup this week, that is for sure. Uh, Jacob had some bad luck too, though. Remember, he has Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Waddell. I think those are players who do really well, theoretically, that had kind of a low-scoring week. Uh, his running back didn't get him many points. Damian Pierce has been having a really low-key year, a guy who ran for, I think, over 1,000 yards last year, Damian Pierce, who um, not doing a lot this year in Houston. That's kind of a tough blow for Jacob. And here's the really painful thing. The reason why Jacob's team is now McLaughlin stock is because he left Broncos running back Jaleel McLaughlin, uh, McLaughlin, Mc- I think it's McLaughlin, not McLaughlin, but I like McLaughlin because McLaughlin stock works. Um, he left Jaleel McLaughlin on his bench, and Jaleel McLaughlin had 17.9 points, um, which I think is more points than the rest of his running backs scored combined. So uh, both of us did not have our best possible lineup. You know, he can complain about not starting Jaleel McLaughlin. I could also then counter with, well, if I played. George Kittle, I would have won two. I'm just glad to get away with a win. My team is two and three now. Um, I'm learning lessons. I'm learning that I got to wake up early and really be careful and be like, is my best player playing? Because two weeks in a row now, last week my starting quarterback didn't play. This week my starting running back didn't play. I got to be more nimble Sunday mornings ready to go to make changes. I think, honestly, um, the reality is for me during the weekend Fantasy football is kind of in the back of my head. I kind of game plan on Friday. I go to bed. Then college football starts and NFL football starts. I'm not paying a lot of attention during the weekend to college football. I probably need to. I think I need to start, like, really diving in. If I'm going to win and do well, um, I mean, I'm focused trying to do my job, take notes, watch games. But I think Sunday morning I got to wake up with the intention of check on my team, make sure nothing crazy happened, and uh, move starters around if I have to. Now, I want to give a warning. I talked about how last week my starting quarterback, Deshaun Watson, did not play. Remember, Deshaun Watson was medically cleared to play week four against Baltimore, a division rivalry game, a really big game, frankly. And Deshaun Watson chose not to play. Now, I want to give you a warning because I'm going to put a picture on screen that could be potentially triggering. Uh, This is David Njoku, the Browns' tight end. After having burns to his face, which, by the way, he played in that week four game against Baltimore with burns on his face. My quarterback, healthy, cleared to play, chose not to. David Njoku, the brown side end, played with burns on his face. It just brings even more shame to Deshaun Watson. If you're looking at this picture on screen, it's like, wow, uh, that's painful and scary. I can't believe he played a football game after that happened. Uh, David Njoku is a warrior. Deshaun Watson very much is not. Uh, And I'm losing respect the more I learn about this story. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Andy. Andy, this past weekend in the Fantasy Football League, had a tough week. In fact, Andy's team name is now just Payne, which uh, that's brutal. Andy lost 90 to 107. And he started Cowboys tight end Jake Ferguson, who only scored five points. He left Dallas Goddard The Eagles tight end on his bench, Dallas Goddard had 25.7 points, eight catches for 117 yards, and a touchdown. That's got to be really painful. Um, uh, Jarvis, are you doing okay? There's another guy, Jarvis, in this league. Jarvis lost 170-75, to which uh, there's nothing you can really do there. I mean, he was playing against Logan, who has a bunch of Bengals players. The Bengals went off. Uh, Jamar Chase had over 50 points, but... Jarvis had a bad weekend. He's his quarterback, Jordan Love, had three interceptions, and uh, he left Justin Fields on his bench. And Justin Fields had thirty-two point nine eight points, and uh, it wouldn't have mattered. But still, like Jarvis could have done a little better. A hundred and seventy to one, to hundred and seventy to seventy-five, almost a hundred point loss, ninety-five point loss. I mean, that is really, really painful. Jarvis, I'm thinking about you. I hope your life is okay. I hope life is good. Because if I lost by ninety-five points, I would be feeling. All-time bad in fantasy football. Before we get into reading the standings after week five, uh, I I do want to share a couple players who scored really high points this weekend. Jamar Chase had 52.2 points this weekend. 15 catches, 192 yards, three touchdowns. That is absolutely ridiculous. 52.2 points is crazy for a receiver. He also set the... Bengals' single-game record for most catches in a game. And then DJ Moore, the Bears receiver on Thursday Night Football, scored 49 points. I saw him do that on Thursday night and thought to myself, he's going to be the highest-scoring receiver in fantasy football. Apparently not. Apparently Jamar Chase was like, I want to beat that. But DJ Moore had eight catches for 230 yards and three touchdowns. That's just wild as well. Um, I'm pulling up the league. I want to share the standings. So five games or five weeks into the year— here are the standings in the strong opinion sports fantasy football league. In first place, you got Sam at four and one. Remember, I, I predicted Sam was going to win the entire thing. Feeling pretty good about that prediction. Sam, his team, Ayahuasca, won't fix that as four and one. They are first place right now in the league. In second at three and two, you've got 24 seven ass ETN season. In third, the rise of Florida man. Ooh, the rise of Florida man. That's well done, buddy. I like that change of the name there. In fourth at 3-2 and two, is Jackson's Prison TikTok. In fifth, after losing to your boy, Zach. Oh, yeah. What's up, Jacob? Jacob's team, McLaughlin Stock, is now 3-2 and two and fifth in the league. He's down from second. Starmore is a new hope. Uh, Heshmi is now in sixth. Well done. He had a rough start, so he's doing better. Uh, Logan, Addison Vet Services, his team is in seventh. In eighth, you've got How'd That Get Up There, best team name in the league when you look at the logo and realize what's going on there. Uh, Bustin' on Cousins is in ninth. Touchdown Jesus, Brett, is our first two and three team. Uh, They are in 10th. My team, the Mother Lovers, are two and three as well. We are in 11th. Rugs Racing Crew is in uh, 12th, two and three. Children of Analytics is two and three. They're 13th. In 14th, you've got the Jordan Rules. And in 15th, you've got your first one and four team, Payne, Andy. And then Phoenix finally won a game in fantasy football after making that Josh Allen trade, I guess it paid off. Uh, Phoenix won. He's now 1-4. and He's 16th still in the league, but doing better. He won this week. I want to dive into this. What happened to Phoenix this week? Because good for him. I didn't realize. I knew distantly, like, in the back of my head that he won. But I want to go through and read what happened to him. Because the guy finally won a game uh, for the first time all year. He was having a really rough start. Let's see what happened to him. Because his team, where Cooper got his cup, he won 149 to 96, dude. Well done, Phoenix. Hallelujah, baby, you did good. Tua did pretty well. Uh, Brees Hall had a good game. Let's see. No, that's how do I look at this matchup specifically? Sorry, this is bad radio. Um, in this game, I don't know how to. I don't know how to tell what happened last week for him, but it looks like he had a pretty good week. There, no, these are projections, so I, I have no idea how to look at this matchup on my phone. Either way, though, uh, our guy Phoenix won. 149 to 96 got his first win of the year. Phoenix, round of applause there, buddy. Well done. Love you, man. Great job. This upcoming weekend, I play against Logan, who is the only guy I've ever met. Um, I accidentally, I started recording this a second ago, and I accidentally doxed Logan and said where he lives. And I realized, oh, I should not say that uh, live in front of lots and lots of people on the internet. So uh, I cut that out, Logan. I don't think you would have cared, but... Better be safe than sorry. I love you, man. Um, You live in my favorite place on the planet. And uh, Logan has Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and the Bengals kicker, Evan McPherson, which I find funny because Logan is a Vikings fan. He was, uh, Logan was actually at the Vikings game this past weekend. So it's funny to have a Vikings fan. who has got a bunch of Bengals players on his team, which is weird and interesting. I'm excited to have Logan on the show. He's an awesome guy. That'll be really cool. Um, I will say Logan's got kind of crappy running backs. His number one running back is Alexander Madison, the Vikings running back, who is absolutely awful. So that makes me feel good. Um, his other running back is Amari Di Mercado, who I don't know a lot about. Amari DiMercato, watch him go off. They play the Rams this weekend, watch Amari DiMercato have an outstanding game and make me look silly for saying he's got crappy running backs. But um, yeah, you know, I, don't, I don't know much about him. I, I know that Uh, James Conner, the starting running back in Arizona, is injured and out, so we'll see what happens there. So, again, that's an opportunity where Amari DiMercato against a—not the best team, maybe the best of the bad teams in the NFL, the L.A. Rams. Chance, he has a good game there. My quarterback, Deshaun Watson, plays against the 49ers, which I don't love. Um— Feels like anyone who plays the 49ers right now is destined to have uh, a horrible, horrible game. Now, they're coming off a bye week in Cleveland. So Cleveland, Deshaun Watson didn't play two weeks ago, didn't play this weekend. He should be healthy. He should be prepared. You had two weeks to prepare to play the 49ers. Um, I did pick up Derek Carr. Derek Carr is playing Houston. So maybe I start Derek Carr instead of Deshaun Watson. But, um, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like at this point, I'm really tied to Deshaun Watson. I should probably roll with it. Hope he's got a great game. It's just hard to imagine any quarterback having a good game against the 49ers defense at this point. I also have Kareem Hunt on my bench. Kareem Hunt is a really capable, good running back. I think I'm going to leave him on my bench for now. Again, playing the 49ers defense really scares me, but uh, I think eventually he could become a high-level impact player for the Browns later in the year with Nick Chubb, member out for the year. Uh, the question really, though, as I have Joshua Kelly and Kareem Hunt on my bench... Do I bench Jameer Gibbs, my running back, in Detroit? Remember, he was a first-round pick in Detroit. Uh, he was my first-round pick at the end of the first round. And uh, Jameer Gibbs has been a non-starter all year. They're not using him very much. He's not getting many yards. I've been kind of holding out hope that eventually he's going to have a great game. But last week he didn't even play. So I I don't know, man. Is, is there ever going to be a moment where Jameer Gibbs really has a great game? I'm not sure. I'm getting more and more afraid it's not going to happen. I don't think I have the balls to bench him this week, but I'm really, really heavily considering it. And then the other decision to make is, do I put George Kittle back into my starting lineup? After a lot of frustrating, not great performances, it's it's questionable, man. The Bills have a a pretty favorable matchup, so Dalton Kincaid, my tight end, is kind of due for a good game. And George Kittle had three touchdowns this past week in Week 5, It feels very unlikely he has a back-to-back incredible week with wild games two weeks in a row. So I'm really leaning towards leaving George Kittle on my bench, but I don't feel great about that, and I'm not really sure what to do yet with my lineup, how I'm going to work stuff out. I got a couple days to think about it, but Jameer Gibbs, George Kittle, decisions have to be made, and I'm still not sure what I'm going to do there. Now, um, I'm going to take a short break. Remember, I got to pay for food, got to pay the bills, got to pay for my rent, keep the place where I live going. Um, but when I return, I did an interview with Jacob earlier today. Jacob is a really, really cool dude. Plays college football. Um, I worry, I, I worry that I, I don't think we did. We, we ended on pretty good rapport and talked about meeting up and his family's in the same area my family is. And so maybe we'll go play catch or get dinner sometime and hang out. Um, I do worry. I got kind of preachy at the end about, Hey man, finish your degree. Like college is huge for you. I don't think he was bothered, but if you're listening, you'll probably notice me going like, dude, finish your degree. I don't have my degree. And also when you have a degree, you can get a white collar job that is like healthcare and good stuff. So um, that does come up at the end. It was cool though. Jacob plays college football and I, until I sat down to talk to him and literally until the recording had started, I didn't realize that about him. So I thought that was wild. It was really kind of a cool twist. We had a great conversation. Uh, And without further ado, there'll be an ad break, got to pay the bills. And then you'll hear from Jacob. I love you. And uh, enjoy the rest of the show. Hey guys, uh, it's kind of a big deal here. I'm actually trying to help you, so don't skip the ad. I know that when you listen to a podcast, you skip ahead. I know that because that's what I do. But don't skip this one. We got Factor as a sponsor, and I was sitting down to prepare my little ad read. They give, you know, I've write a piece of paper with a bunch of notes, and I'm like, okay, what are they offering? What's the deal here? Usually, it's like ten to twenty percent. Like, okay, Factor.com/sos whatever. And uh, no, no, no. They are offering fifty percent off to Strong Opinion Sports listeners. And here's what they are: They are Factor is a meal kit service. You can get fifty percent off. Go to FactorMeals.com/sos50 and use code SOS50. And uh, straight up on a human level, if you'd be kind of silly not to investigate, it's a great deal. Factor is a meal kit service. They send you ready to eat meals. Uh, they're easy to prepare. For me, they showed up in a box. With a bunch of high-quality ice packs, you take them out of the box, you put the the meal kits in the fridge, and when you want food, you go to the fridge, you take it out, you put the thing in the microwave, you heat it up, two minutes later, you've got a really good meal ready to go. Now, the microwave part made me kind of go, what is this? Is it a bunch of TV dinners? Like, what is this crap? No, no, no. This is phenomenal food. It's high-quality. It's never frozen. And compared to all the other options you can have for a quick and easy meal, it kind of kicks booty and is phenomenal. So... What I really think is interesting too, there's so many ways to customize your order, whether you are, maybe you're on a diet and you're like, hey, I'm trying to cut calories. There are low calorie options. Or maybe you just want really good food that's easy to make and doesn't take 30 minutes to an hour out of your time cooking during the day. Like for me, I'm really busy with football season and it's an incredibly valuable thing for me to go to my fridge, grab a really good meal, pull it out, put it in the microwave. Two minutes later, I've got a good meal ready to go. I saved a lot of time. It's cheaper for you and better than takeout or delivery. I used to drive for a delivery service. Guys, those prices are not good compared to this. Um, so again, it's just nice to have the fridge loaded with high quality good meals that are easy to prepare. And you can get 50% off of this meal kit service. Do the math, that's a really good offer. So head to factormeals.com slash SOS50 and use code SOS50 to get 50% off. That is factormeals.com slash SOS50. Use code SOS50 to get 50% off. Again, code SOS50 at factormeals.com slash SOS50 to get 50% off. And uh, guys, it's a great offer. You would be silly. I'm trying to help you. Like, that would be a great thing to investigate because it's legitimately a great deal. Food's expensive right now. And having food that's great and convenient and not terrible for you is a rare thing. So investigate it. Factormeals.com slash SOS50. Joining me now is Jacob. Jacob, welcome in. Good to meet you, kind of, whatever this means when you're looking yeah. at each other across the internet.
1: Uh, awesome. Uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, where, where are you, by the way? You're on West Coast time. What yeah, part of the country so, are you in?
1: So um, I'm from Oregon. Uh, I'm from kind of the same area as you were from, uh, Portland area. Um, I went to Sherwood High School and um, I go to college down at Western Oregon University. I play football. Dude, no, what,
0: what position do you play? Oh my gosh.
1: I play safety, um, except I, I got hurt last year and I played all last se- season with the injury. I uh, toughed it out and then I had to get hip surgery. So I'm out this year. I'm helping coach, traveling Man. with the team, uh, doing things like that. It's, uh, it's really eye-opening. It's helped me be a better player. So really enjoying that and I'm excited to get back next year and you know, hopefully have a great year.
0: Dude, that's awesome. The Western Oregon, the Wolves, correct? Yep, right, yep, right.
1: Division two, division two. We play in the Lone Star Conference. We travel to Texas every other week. This week we're playing Minnesota State Mankato. They, uh they, They're the really good. That Adam, yeah, yeah. They are really good. Uh, Big Twelve personnel team, and they got uh, they're, that's the same school that um Adam Thielen went to. So that was that's pretty sweet.
0: Do you guys still play Central Washington? Because I know you're now mm-hmm. in the Lone Star Conference, so you are not. Yeah. So, yes or no? Do you play them Yes, regularly? yeah, yeah.
1: So, so, both. It was, so Simon Frazier, they stopped their football program, right? So, uh, it was all three, uh, Central, us, and Simon all went to the Lone, or, yeah, all joined the Lone Star. And then, um, Simon disbanded their football team, and then it's just us and Central that uh, make that trip every other week. So. Dude, what are but you we studying? We did lose to Central. Oh, I'm doing exercise science with um, a minor in business
0: amazing man get your degree I don't have a Mm -hmm. degree I encourage you heavily get your piece of paper it makes your life way way more easy
1: yeah yeah especially while you're also playing football though too that's like that's like the the best thing I could have asked for
0: dude yeah man what year are you
1: Uh, I'm a junior but I redshirted my first year played my second year got hurt this year so I'm up three years when I come back so I still got a lot of time probably gonna try to do two uh, degrees either do my master's or get um make that minor into a double major but yeah it's all uh it's all in the works right now
0: that's awesome man d2 football is really cool my buddy uh riley was a quarterback at central washington for a long time oh, yeah and uh, he, he oh he's just awesome he went to campus high school and um dude first of all that's so interesting like i as i meet so many people from the audience like i'm kind of always impressed they're always doing something interesting and something cool and you're playing college football at western i, I did not expect that like literally at all that's so awesome mm-hmm. man well done you, man. um how's your season going so far in fantasy this year like what what's happening with your team
1: with with the sleeper league, uh, shoot, I am three and two currently ranked fifth. I mean that's. I mean I was ranked second last week, so I dropped a couple from this last week. But uh, season's going solid. I had to make a little name change since if I started that player, I would have probably won. Uh, I switched my name to the McLaughlin stock because I. <laughs> I just am a fool for for not starting him. I picked him up for a reason. Never started him, but hopefully, uh, I mean, my season can can stay pretty consistent. I, I feel like that's hindsight
0: twenty twenty though, right? Because if I'd started George Kittle, I would have beat you still, right? Like we both had yeah, a great right. player on our bench,
1: so it's like oh my eh. gosh, yeah. I mean, I was, I mean, I I was listening to your podcast and I heard that you weren't going to start Kittle, and I was just so thankful that <laughs> uh, you were potentially not going to start him too. So I was like, all right. I got a chance, and I mean, you would have destroyed me if you played Kittle. I mean, 27 points.
0: Well, we had this, this weird moment where going into Monday night football, or going into Sunday night football, I guess, um, mm-hmm. with the 49ers and the Cowboys, I had the Cowboys defense. I was up by 15, but you had Debo Samuel, and I'm like, all that has to happen is Debo Samuel can't have a great game. If, that, yeah. if I can survive that, I'm going to win. And it, I mean, I won by three points, it barely happened. But I was actually celebrating when George Kittle got three touchdowns. I'm like, well, at least it's not Debo Samuel. Like, it could be worse. Right.
1: Well, the worst part was I I think Debo caught like a bang A or like a slant, and he got got smashed by the safety at like the one-yard line, and I just – Remember watching it, and I was like, man, if he just got in the end zone, I would have won. If he just got an inch closer, I would have won.
0: Dude, my heart was going so fast in that moment. Like, that's the, I guess that's what fantasy is about, right? Is that moment where mm-hmm. Debo's tackle on the one yard line? I'm freaking out. You're freaking out. We're both thinking like this is gonna change everything. And thankfully, it didn't. But that was crazy, man. I, that, I, I'm glad you brought that up because that was in my notes. To like that moment with Debo Samuel was like horrifying for me. I was like, oh my god, this is it. I'm gonna
1: and, lose. And me, I'm just sitting there, and I'm just like, all right, well, they're just going to put him at tailback and just give him a little quick toss or something, and he's just going to get in. They're going to give it to him, and then, nope, they, they ran it with Christian McCaffrey, I'm pretty sure. And I Did was you see in the group
0: chat when I was like, oh, man, you gotta the starter's got to come out. you got to rest him, protect Devo Sam. I don't want know. him to get hurt.
1: <laughs> I know, and I wanted, and I was like hoping for the Cowboys to make it a good game, too, just so like Debo could stay on the field. But, I mean, Dallas is just – I mean, I'm a Cardinals fan, too, right? So, like – I my my Cardinals beat Dallas, so like I I know that they're beatable, but I didn't think it was going to be a forty-two to ten. Like I didn't think it was going to be something crazy like that where they just couldn't even hang. It was it was pretty bad.
0: Can I be honest with you? I 100%. would have traded a. I I would have rather lost and had that game be like really good and end by three points in the end of the fourth quarter. The, I, if I lost fantasy football this week, but that'd been a good game and more fun to cover, I would have taken it. That would have been a, a win for me still. So like yeah. I guess. Even though the game was bad, at least I won fantasy football. If the game was bad and I lost fantasy football, I would have been probably miserable, like more than I already am. I would have been just yeah. like, Man, this sucks so bad. Everything's bad.
1: Yeah, and that game really just it just makes cowboys look bad. It just makes cowboys look really bad. And I mean like like everyone I've been seeing a lot of stuff about everyone coming after Dak Prescott and it's like they want Trey Lance and it's like it's definitely um it's defi- that was definitely a tough one, especially because I had somebody on the winning team, and like they won, which is great, but he was still two points underneath his projections, and I would have liked him to go at least one point over so I could have won, but not. Um, and then also the other thing that bothered me is that you're over here starting Zach Wilson, and you're winning with Zach Wilson while I have Patrick Mahomes. Like That quarterback matchup hadn't even been close but I mean it was just it was brutal
0: it was how did totally you feel brutal. when you saw that I was starting Zach Wilson was there like a moment of celebration for you
1: uh I mean I was wondering because I'm pretty sure you were like yeah because Deshaun Watson wasn't playing he's was on a bye so I knew that you were going to pick up somebody and since we're in the 16 team league right there's not a lot of people to pick up so I mean for you to pick up Zach Wilson I'm like I understood 100% where you were going for because they're playing Denver. Denver's just been historically bad. So I understood it. But I did definitely have a moment, especially when you switch your name to the Mother Lovers and you have Zach Wilson as your profile picture. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs>
0: Dude, I didn't realize that you were second in the league. I kind of, I guess I feel like now I took down a giant. Like I, you know, I'm a little
1: bit like... Oh, I felt like I got giant slayed for sure. That's why I, I made a little, I made my little emoji on the McLaughlin stock. Like a little, like a, like one oh, tier. Sad. It, yeah, yeah a little sad face. tier. Cause that's how it felt after I lost. I was really about to cry. It was pretty bad. And then like my name before that was like, sitting on these nuts and, and <laughs> now I'm like... Now I'm like, well, do I start Sutton this week? Because he got me one catch for 13 yards. So it's like, yeah. you always be playing that game with fantasy football too. So
0: Who's been the most disappointing player on your team this year?
1: <sighs> most disappointing, honestly? So I would say my most disappointing player would probably be either Jalen Waddell or Damian Pierce. And like... The thing about Damian Pierce for me is that I watched him all last year just start tearing up defenses, and I was like, okay, well, he's he's going to, you know, like if C.J. Stroud can play well, then that means it's just going to open up for, for Damian Pierce. So I, I had that idea going into it, and he's been all right. I mean, last week he had 20 carries, so, I mean, obviously he's getting a lot of volume, but he just hasn't been, like, scoring any touchdowns, which has really been kind of a bummer for me. And Jalen Waddell got hurt, so... I didn't really have an opportunity to really get a lot of uh, production out of him, but, uh, it's looking like, I mean, Jalen Waddles probably going to be getting the ball a lot more lately. So I'm probably not going to be too worried about that. It's mostly the Damian Pierce thing. And then also you probably don't know this, but I had Mike Williams and Mike Williams oh. was my flex, which is just mm. so nice. Cause I had Jalen Waddle, Debo Samuel and Mike Williams. And so like now that Mike Williams is out, it's like, I got to start Cortland Sutton or, Uh, McLaughlin and it's like both of those guys are on the like worst team right now so I mean definitely that's probably most disappointing honestly
0: I feel like everybody on your team whether it's Patrick Mahomes Damien Pierce so I believe Damien Pierce ran for a thousand yards last year
1: yeah right
0: Debo Jalen Waddell everybody in our team is like really good they've just all been kind of statistically not popping off is that accurate
1: yeah, um, I mean, the, they didn't. The, the, they just kind of let me down last week. And also, so I lost the first week, right? So I lost my first game, and then I won three in a row, and then I lost to you. So mm-hmm. I was on a roll for a little bit because when I lost that first game, I picked up Kyron Williams on the waiver wire, and that mm-hmm. guy has been like – that guy might be my golden ticket at this point. He had a bad <laughs> game last week, but that, they're playing Philly, so I can understand that. But, I mean, the, the – um, the only, the only games I'm worried about here on out are really just when they play the Niners, but he still is, like, my golden ticket. So I got lucky getting him off the waivers because I didn't have a second running back. I had Antonio Gibson. Like, Antonio Gibson isn't really getting the ball.
0: Dude, I kind of can't believe I won as I look at how things went down, right? Zach Wilson was my quarterback. Jameer Gibbs, my running back, didn't even play. I, I was so pissed, like, right before the game. It's, it's 5 o'clock Hawaii time, and that gets announced. I'm, I'm in bed. I'm asleep. I had no idea he wasn't going to play. Like, I I just bad managed, but by me, I missed it. And if I'd known that, I would have started probably uh, a different... I would have put... Either way, I would have had Zach Moss as my running back and then George Kittle in my lineup, too. But I missed it, and I still, like, barely got lucky, man. I was like, I don't even know how this happened. Like, I... I guess Zach Moss killed you, and then Cortland Sutton having no points. Like, look at the flex matchup. I... Dominant
1: yeah, that flex matchup. I mean, the thing was is I didn't even I totally forgot you had Zach Moss in your in your flex too, so when I look down and I see thirty three points from Zach Moss, I'm like, didn't Jonathan Taylor play? Like it, can't can he get in the lineup? I thought he was good this week, but underrated though, a little caveat here. I was thinking, uh I have this guy, Jake Elliott, the the kicker for the Eagles, and like in a sixteen team league, this guy has just been like a monster. Like just as a kicker, just scoring over 11 points in every single game. Like that guy single-handedly like gets me into a lot of games. And so I mean, I give a lot of credit to that guy. That's probably my most impressive player besides the Lions defense.
0: Oh, dude, yeah. The Lions defense. I mean, you got a really good team. I think you're one of the threats to win the whole league. Like you and Sam right now are probably I would think the two best teams in the entire league right now.
1: Yeah, I just I'm scared about these injuries, and I'm scared about the waiver wire because the waiver wire just is—it's scary now. Because I mean, there's just not a lot out there, and then like if someone has a good week, everybody's trying to get him, and then it's just—it's just we're we're fighting for scraps right now, and so I'm just hoping that I don't get any bad injuries. Knock on wood. I mean, yeah. Oh, I mean, we but oh, like bad
0: luck. Like, Mahomes has missed a game here and there. Like, they're getting they're yeah. like an ankle, like a little thing there.
1: Yeah, it was like he got hurt a couple weeks ago, too, and I was just nervous because I was like, oh, I saw him hobbling. I was like, oh, my gosh. It, it was against, the, I think it was the Browns or something. I don't know who they played, but he got hurt, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Is He, he better not be badly hurt because, I mean, that was my first overall pick. I was the 13th pick, and I was sitting there, and I was like, there's no really good running backs left. Let me just see if I can – like I'll have a monopoly at the quarterback position if I pick Mahomes. I don't have to worry about Mahomes not doing too bad, so mm. but yeah, so, I mean I think my team's just can be solidly consistent. It's all it's just the injuries and Evan Ingram honestly has been pretty solid too. He hasn't been no slouch by any means.
0: Yeah, dude, I who do you play next week? Like what's your matchup look like?
1: Let's take a look. I got I'm I'm playing Jake. And Jake Jake's got a little. Jake's got. I mean, if Saquon plays, I'm probably gonna get destroyed, honestly, because he's got Kamara. I got. He's. I got. He's got Barkley. He's got Ceedee Lamb, Cole Komet, uh Garrett Wilson, Niners defense. I mean, that. I mean, he's got a squad, and he hasn't even set his lineup yet. He's got DK on his bench, Johnny Smith. I mean. As, yeah. as I look
0: at your team, I feel like running back is the weakness. Would you agree with that?
1: Oh, 100%. But the good thing is that Kyron Williams is actually, like, a really good running back. So it's like I, I, he scored, like, he let's see. he scored. You didn't two draft weeks. him, right? Mm-mm, I picked him up off the waiver after I lost. So when, when you lose, you're like, when you lose that week, you're, like, one of the top on the waivers. So I was, like, number two. And I knew everybody was going to try to get Puka Nakua. And so I was like, oh, I'll pick the running back. And, and I was number two, and I got him. And he's had almost two 30-point games. I mean, he plays over about 70% of the snaps most weeks. He gets, he gets a lot of loads. And he gets the ball out of the backfield, which is big in PPR. So I'm pretty that, – that, like I said, he's probably my golden ticket. If, if yeah. I could pick a player, that was my golden ticket.
0: Yeah, to survive losing Mike Williams, I feel like, is actually pretty impressive. Like, I feel like in our league, we've had a couple people who've had a major injury, and their team is still good enough that they're, they're surviving and okay. And I'm like, wow, like, if I'd lost a player, I'd be out. I would not even have any wins this year. Like, I I didn't build a good enough team to even survive anything.
1: Yeah, that's probably some of the, that's like, I feel like the healthiest team by the end of the year is going to be one of the most dangerous teams, for sure. Because, I oh, mean, definitely. like Anthony Richardson, that's who's on Jake's team, and I mean, he his backups Brock Purdy, but Brock Purdy doesn't really get a lot of rushing load, or like you know he's not gonna get no QB sneaks really, and and so like Anthony Richardson is is a really good Boomer Bust quarterback, and he has been hurt like four times, you know what I mean, and and it's like it, his his longevity is kind of in question at this point, and so it's like the the definitely injuries are gonna be like when it when it comes down to the wire, it's gonna come down to injuries, I feel like. But I'm glad I got Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton's—I mean, even though he doesn't really get a lot of yards, he'll get a touchdown, like a garbage time touchdown, I and mean, I can't complain about garbage time touchdowns. Can
0: I ask you about the Western season, like Western Oregon? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, going?
1: for sure. Um, like how's it going? As I we said, mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah, it's going—it's going pretty good. Um, so we played South Dakota State um, our first game. So as like a Division II school we'll like play an FCS school every year and it will be like um we'll, – yeah so we basically just play like an FCS opponent once a year we are like last year we played Weaver State this year we played South Dakota State that was pretty sweet um to go out there and see what a defending national championship team looks like um cuz they won it for the FCS level cuz it's usually North Dakota State and South Dakota State finally won it and so like um so so just going and playing like a championship level team is really freak, really freaking cool so uh do then you, we played sorry what
0: do you know Wyatt Harsh
1: Wyatt Harsh uh he's a lineman right
0: He's a quarterback
1: Wyatt Harsh no i don't he know he might who that have, is.
0: he might have been before your time i can i don't know if he's still at western but he was from my area
1: Oh he's a quarterback it yeah it doesn't yeah, matter yeah. i was just a, like oh, you might know he's a, little a guy bit smaller. we Mhm yeah, my redshirt yeah. freshman year, Wyatt was uh, our backup quarterback, and he was, like, our runner quarterback. He was pretty athletic. I remember he, he made some pretty big plays, but, um, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, so, uh, like, season's going pretty solid so far, I'd say. Um, our defense, uh, we have a really good defensive line. We have, like, a, a really big defensive end that looks like he's, like, NFL. Like, he's, like, six foot eight, and he's just – when you have a 6'8 D end, nobody wants to run to that side of the field. So, it's like, it really does limits a lot. Does he bat a lot of balls? Uh, he does bat a few balls. Most of, most of the time, though, like, he kind of, like, every once in a while, I'll watch film and he'll just do, like, a lazy stance and then he'll just bench press the tackle and just easy, easy pass rush. Like, it, it's crazy. And, um, uh, like, as far as our record, like, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure we are, one's. We're 3-3, three three, I think. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure we're 3-3 three and three right now. We, had a, we went to play West Texas A&M, uh, mm. one of the coolest stadiums. They ran out with a Buffalo, like especially for D2. Like it felt like a D1 atmosphere out there. And uh, we won with uh, two seconds left um, on a goal line pass play. That was really sweet. That was really cool. And then last week uh, we caught another dub. So we're starting to roll. Um, we're playing Mankato this week and, and looking at their film, they're kind of similar to South Dakota state. So like we're kind of made for this type of game, you know, like we've already kind of seen it before. A lot of 12 personnel, downhill run, um, PAP deep ball. Like they're, they're, um, they definitely, they're like a 60, 40 run team. So um, we, we just got to make sure that we're physical. We got a lot of young guys out there playing corner though. So um, I'm really hoping those guys can uh, go make some plays for us and really change the game because that's, um that's like the one position that's kind of, like uh, we need really good production out of those guys because we've been kind of having a revolving door in the secondary because last year we had 11 seniors and about seven of them were on defense and they were all Americans and all conference guys. So we got a lot of young guys that got to go fill some shoes and this is the best week for them to do it. Um, and then just down the stretch of games, we got a couple pretty solid Texas schools. we got to go play. we got to go play Angela State, which is always really good. And uh, if we can go down there and we can go get a win, uh, we'll be in a pretty good position. I think – Uh, our destiny is in our hands and so it all comes down to just taking it week by week for us I just keep wishing I could play so
0: yeah what's your base game as a defense like when you play a team that runs the ball really well are you rocking a safety down how are you adding bodies to the
1: box so our defensive coordinator our coach our defensive coordinator is our head coach and he's been here for a lot of years and Mm -hmm. he is one of the smartest like overall football minds I've ever met like this guy He's a, he, he watches film, and he just, he can, he, like, the stuff he tells you, you're like, how do you even know that? And, and so when it comes to probably, like, a team like this, we're obviously going to go even front. We have a lot of mixed match, so uh, that's the cool thing about our defense I was going to get to is, like, we, 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 do, we go odd, we go to even, we go to oh, bear. Wow. Like, we have a bunch of different fronts and a bunch of different blitzing schemes and a bunch of different tags that we can put on stuff that really disrupt a lot of teams we play. And so... Um, this week, I would say, like, for a team like this, they're, they're not the same as a South Dakota State, but they do have, like, a 12-personnel tight end package where they got, like, a 270-pound tight end, which is, like, another tackle, basically. So we're going to have to do a lot. We do this thing. It's called Apex, right? So, like, if it's, like, an overload, we'll, like, shift everybody over and make the, the guard the center. That, that way we're based up evenly. And so, like, we're going to do a lot of stuff like that. Um, we're going to be blitzing a lot. We're going to be really aggressive, and we're going to take our chances because we like to play man coverage, and we like our shot. We like our guys against your guys, and our D-line will get there, and that's one of the best parts about, you know, I'm excited to come back and play next year because our D-line is going to be good for the next few years, and that's just going to make secondary better. And, um, yeah, but for this week, definitely going to be a lot of um, odd front, going to be a lot of uh, man coverage, um, a couple zone, zone blitzes on uh, third down, and uh, we're definitely gonna get a little exotic this week because this is like a playoff team. So if we can beat this team, we're telling all of D2 that you know we can play. And it definitely looks like we um, can, can make that happen. So
0: I think that's the coolest thing about D2 football specifically. Like D3, no ones in, like everyone's really focused on school and there's not a lot of time for football. And D1, guys leave really quickly. A lot of guys go to the NFL and you don't get guys for a lot of times. So they're not as complicated. In D2 football, there's not a lot of movement. You got guys for five years, so you can really instill like a really complicated, complex scheme and actually execute it at a high level because you got guys for five years to work with. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's something that never gets talked about in D2 is how, how much more time you have with your team and how much more you can do with your players. It's so cool to me.
1: Yeah, it, and it makes you a lot closer with the guys around you, and it kind of makes the brotherhood a lot more you know, like, close-knit. Um, and, and We're also a really good team, so like we're, we're a good like, camaraderie team. So we'll like bring in transfers and transfers usually like come in and, and they usually are made at home. And, and I mean, a lot of guys around here, so like we're one of the, like us in central, are the only uh, real like D2s on the West coast. So, you know, when yeah. people are from California, they know people from California. So like people like already know, know somebody that knows somebody. And I mean, the camaraderie never really, like it never really lacks. Like usually people know somebody from Washington and people know people from Oregon and, and people know people from everywhere. So it's, it's definitely um, a pretty good environment. We got, um and and uh yeah so i mean usually like for our team like our defense is usually like our strong point and then like the offense um they're they're always pretty solid a uh, big run team um but uh yeah like our running back runs like a like a 10 200 meter like a 10 300 meter like he runs something really crazy he uh
0: Who's so, your running backs coach? Is coach Lav there?
1: No so Do You know who i'm talking about? No, I don't. But oh, no, uh, nah, we usually have a lot of different coaches. Like every year, we have different coaches, and so, or at least like one new coach. So our running backs coach right now, it's kind of funny because I played with him last year. So like last season, this was our running back, and he was like the all-time leading rusher in Western Oregon history. He had um, like I think he was three or four thousand career yards, and uh, now he's a running backs coach. But uh, uh, Marland, that, that, he was really good super solid running back
0: um i i'm curious about your hip man what what's the story there are you going to be okay like how how yeah yeah
1: so so like obviously like you tell people hip surgery right they usually are thinking oh man you got to get a hip replacement or this or that And, and and so like basically like last season um i was playing a lot of special teams playing a little bit of nickel and dime and uh I just started feeling like a pinch in my hip and I was just like, man, this is kind of weird. And I just started stretching it and stuff. Didn't really go away. Uh, They told me, they said, they they think you got hip impingement. And so I'm like, okay, well, can I play on it? They're like, yep. I'm like, all right, that's all you need to tell me. And so I went and I played after the season, got x-rays and MRIs. And that's the one thing I don't like about D2 is that it's hard to get medical care. It's hard to get uh, imaging in a timely manner. That's one of the mm-hmm. things I would love to change about um, this level is that you, like, I listen to, sorry, this is a little, little thing, but Colorado, like, I heard Deion Sanders say that they have, like, an MRI machine and an x-ray machine just upstairs from their training room, and for us to wait, like, weeks at a time to get imaging is just outrageous, and so, mm-hmm. anyways, I, uh, I got my imaging, turns out I had a, a really bad hip impingement, and it caused some cartilage damage in my hip socket, and so I had to get surgery, and it's like six to nine months recovery, but because um, but because like I'm not really planning on coming back to like the spring ball, I'm, I'm kind of just taking it slow, probably going to be closer to nine, but I mean, I'm feeling great, and uh, they said like 98, 99% chance I'm going to be back 100%, so, and it's really crazy, because like, yes, last week at our home game, I put on my cleats, and I went out there and ran on the field, and I ran full speed for the first time, and I felt like a million bucks, and so, I'm really definitely excited to, to come back and, and, and to play because, I mean, um, like this is it. Football, football to me is like my favorite thing in the world. So I would definitely, I mean, I'm I, I mean, I'm probably going to play on my three years regardless just because you never know uh, or like you only get so many years to play football. So. And uh, the other thing that I was thinking about doing is one of my teammates um, from last year, he's a safety, he went over and played over in Italy, and mm-hmm. uh, he had a really good time over in Italy they won, like, the Italian uh, championship. They went to, like, Disneyland, and they did some really cool stuff. And so, like, post-college, while I'm still young, I'd like to probably go and, and you know, play overseas or take a shot at the NFL, you know. just it, it, it all depends on how my health is, too. So,
0: I've got a lot of friends that play overseas. My friend Riley, right? He, he's won, like, the – I don't even know what countries, and now he was in Italy, then he was in Germany, but we he went to a championship, it feels like, every year. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. And he's been playing pro football for, like, nine years or something. Like, he really loves it. And uh, let me know. It sounds like you probably have connections and can figure it out. But if you ever do need help, I do know a lot of people who, like, play over in Europe. And I could definitely oh, probably yeah. get you contact with people that can mm-hmm. get you set up.
1: That'd be awesome. Uh, and it's like, it's like, as a football player, too, you know, you don't really get a lot of opportunities to go abroad. So... I mean, to still be young and to go, you know, abroad and to get that experience, see a different part of the world, like, I've never been to Europe, so I'd love to go and just check it out. I mean, I I hear everything that my, t- my old teammate uh, told me, and so it's like, it just all seems like stuff that I would be totally, you know, down and interested to do. He played both ways, receiver, awesome. running back, safety, like, cause, and, 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 like, they just let you, you know, you're basically almost a coach, like, you're teaching them football, too, and it's like, you know, you, you, you're... it's definitely just, it seems like it'd be a really awesome experience for sure.
0: Yeah, man, it's, I, I think people don't realize how much when, even when you're in high school football, like how much time, if you're really like trying to get to college, how much time football takes from your life. And then especially in college, it's everything. You don't have time to just mess around and go all over the world and travel. Mm -hmm. And really um, to get that kind of experience and also be able to play at the same time is so cool. Mm -hmm. And then, man, like you, you said this too, but I, I, The only way I'm going to play football again is basically if I play, like, flag football. And I would give anything to go back one more time and read a blitz and beat the blitz throwing the football. And I'll never be able to do it again in my lifetime. So I just encourage you, man, enjoy everything you can and do it as long as you can. As long as you love it, do it. Because it's something that if I could go back, I would. And it's a special thing to play college football. And uh, it's so awesome.
1: And that's why, like, so, so, I mean, I've had some circumstances in my life, right, where, where things haven't really gone my way, and my coach has known that, and so he gave me the opportunity to come and help coach, right? And so, like, now that I'm a junior and I've been here and I know what it takes to win on Saturdays and things like that, like, I'm helping our next new young guys and freshmen and sophomores that haven't played and have redshirted, and I'm trying to bring them along too. And I didn't really realize how much time, like, honestly, like, as a, As a player, it definitely is very time-consuming, but as a coach, it's even more time-consuming. I didn't even realize that. Like, I'm sitting over here breaking down film, helping with the practice plan, like, you know, getting to travel, like, I'm helping out with the travel. Like, I'm doing, obviously, some grunt work, but it's stuff that's also gonna make me better, like, especially the film stuff, like, breaking it all down. Like, that is probably one of the craziest things, like, just breaking it down for just hours, just everything, formation, back back set, hash, uh, down distance, uh, personnel, like, who's in the game, what quarterback, like, different, because at D2, I mean, there's not a lot of guys that are really, like, a Caleb Williams or, like, a, like, there's not a lot of really, like, a lot of teams run two quarterbacks and two running backs and a, a lot of different things. It, it's definitely um, eye-opening for sure. So, Are you
0: aware, uh, maybe you are, um, so when you're out in the real world and looking at jobs, it's pretty awful, and if you can be around football, it's really, really cool to be involved in football. A lot of my friends coach. And the way they became a coach was a situation like you where they got hurt and then they just ran with it and they were working really hard doing film, like whatever they could to earn their coaches, trust and respect. And then when they were done playing their coach was like, you know what, we got a job doing blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then it's coaching is such an awesome way to be around the game and not have to do a shitty job selling car yeah. insurance or whatever. Like, so man, if you want to coach, uh, I would encourage you to like just go all in on this opportunity you have now oh, yeah. and really, you know, to take it seriously. Because it really can lead to cool opportunities career-wise after football.
1: Exactly. And then, like, also just, like, I, I can't I can't wait till I'm able to take that field again. Because just everything I've learned, <laughs> like, I can just, like, now, like, I'll, I'll be sitting there practice or I'll be sitting in the game. Like, I'll be up in the box, you know, watching everything. And I can just, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm diagnosing it way quicker than I ever could. And that, to me, is just really, like, it gains a lot of confidence for sure. So
0: Yeah. But if you want a life in football, like, you could play your career out, go to Europe, play for... 10 years, or whatever, then come back and coach, like, mm-hmm. you can make a career being involved in football for 20, 30, 40 years, pretty, like, successfully, um, yeah. if you take advantage of every opportunity you get.
1: Yeah, or maybe I'll do a podcast like you, I mean, that's not a bad way to, to do it either, I mean, shoot, I've I'm, I'm been, I've been listening to your podcast for a long time, ever since I was in high school, um, I think you went to PLU, right, you went to Pacific Lutheran, and yep. I remember the I remember you talking about how you would sit in the boiler room and you would be yelling your calls and like I just I I mean I've been watching you for a long time. I always envied the uh what you do. I always thought it was really cool and, and I, I mean it's definitely just it's honestly really kinda um full circle that fact that I'm even on the show right now. So <laughs> I really appreciate you having me on man. Oh
0: yeah man. Sweet. Um do you make it home often? I know Monmouth and Sherwood aren't that far apart.
1: Well so I don't live in Sherwood anymore. I went to high school there but I live in Got Portland it. now. Um Okay and and I mean, uh, I make it up there every once in a while. It's def- it's only an hour away, so it's really not too bad. And, and I still go like I have like a physical therapist I gotta go check in with, so mm. I usually go up there every once in a while and just like do a workout with him and just like go see my sister and have dinner. It's not, it, it ain't too bad, by no means. Did you see
0: uh, the Colorado School of the Mines like pictures?
1: Oh yeah 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 yeah. And and um, I mean, like the, I thought that was really interesting, really funny. I wish our team kind of did that because we have some pretty good personalities that would like to do it. And, I mean, you, when you said, like, you wish more uh, more schools did that, I mean, I, I'm definitely – I might think of doing something like that next year. But part of it, though, is that Colorado School of Mines is also really good. So it's like – it's almost – it makes it even worse. Like, you lose to that team, and then, like, they got, like, the Jumbotron or whatever, and they put up their <laughs> player profile, and it's just, like, a dude with, his, like, a shaved head and, like, a headband of hair – with an M on it, like, I mean, like, that just makes it even worse, and I don't know if you know anything about school of mines, but that dude, uh, Matoka, that quarterback is actually, like, the division two Johnny Menzel, that dude's really solid. Um, dude, they're all really good, it's crazy. Yeah, no, they are, they're a really physical team, too, and, and I mean, it's funny, because they're all engineers, right, and in my redshirt freshman year, we played them as, like, one of our first games of the year, and I just remember hearing, like, from the guys that traveled, they were like, Man, that was one of the worst, like, they talked so much crap. It was insane. Like, they, they were, like, one of the craziest environments where, like, you'd think a small school up in Colorado would be, like, you know, like, not really a huge football school. They are a huge football school. And their parents out there are very, like, hostile to visitors. They, they love their football team out there. But, yeah, no, those pictures were definitely really funny.
0: Um, dude, if you get Monmouth, if you get Western Oregon to do that, I will put it on the show. I like oh, yeah. I I wanna make a world where like every sports team does that. I think it'd be so funny. Like it would just make sports more fun. Um,
1: 100%. So get on it,
0: man. Come on. I wanna I wanna put Western Oregon on the show. Uh but I will I, say, do you have any advice for like a like a high school kid out there who wants to play college football? Anything you would say to like maybe you if you could look back to what you were as a senior or a junior, what would you say to yourself?
1: So um I would say, like, whatever, whatever you, you want to do, you can go and obtain it. Like, I was through COVID. I, I, my senior year was COVID. I only played six games. I didn't get no, you know, college recruitment. Like, Division one schools weren't able to come and access. Like, I went to showcases where there was just cameras, not even a single coach there. Like, like if you want something, you got to go and take it, because if you don't go and take it, somebody else will. And, and, and everything is honestly – in in your own hands, and, like, I mean, you can only control what you can control, and, uh, big thing for me was always the weight room, like, as a high school kid, like, I started lifting weights when I was in, like, seventh, seventh grade, I go to the YMCA, I didn't even know what I was doing, but I was doing something, and I knew that it was going to help me get better regardless, whether it was push-ups or just sit-ups, like, like, the weight room is honestly, there, there's, like, like, even our weights coach here says it, like, there's a direct correlation where, with the weight room, and, you know, success on the field. If, if you are taking care of your body and you're stretching and you're lifting weights and you're getting stronger, that's just going to make you better for the next level because when I got to college, like, I didn't realize, like, man, these are some grown men out here. Like, these are some real, like, like even Division two. like, we have some guys that are probably, like, D1 caliber athletes, and, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I, I mean, that's, I'm, that's why I'm glad to play defense because some of the guys, our, some of our linebackers are just huge, right? So definitely, like, weight room and just understanding that, you know, you're in control of your journey. And the earlier that you figure out that you want to play college football, the better. And, and honestly, like, if that's something you want to do, I mean, I think anybody can do it. This is about how much time and work that you put in. Like, if you, give it, if you give it a thought, like, or what's the thing, like, where if you can, like, do something for a certain amount of hours, then, like, you master it, right? So it's like, you've got to do something a certain amount of times so that you're able to be, you know, maybe not mastering it, but close to mastering it. And therefore, a coach is willing to take a chance on you. And it's also about who you know. So just make sure and you're advocating for yourself through Twitter and, and, you know, making sure that you're putting yourself out there. You know, not, like you're not too corny for making a little highlight post and sending it to, you know, a bunch of colleges. Like, that's the type of stuff that, you know, they want to see. Like, you're basically a businessman. You're trying to sell your business. You're selling yourself. So, like, that's that, that's all I would really say.
0: That's the thing when I was getting recruited, I didn't know about like I thought colleges were going to come to me Mm -hmm. and you really have to go after them. You have to go to camps, go to Central Washington's camp, go to Western Oregon's camp, go to Washington State's camp, go to Eastern Washington's camp, go to them, meet the coaches, send them emails, send them your highlight reels. Like that's the stuff I didn't do. And I was Mm -hmm. sitting at home waiting like when are the coaches going to come? It's like they don't know you exist, man. Like you have to go talk to them.
1: Yeah, so uh, my, one of my so I played seven on seven for uh, this team called uh, Team Lillard, and Team Lillard was Damian Lillard's brothers uh, seven on seven team Houston. And like one of the first things he told me is like, you know, like you got to make sure you go into camps. Like you're like he, he told me like one of the first things you got to go to camps. You got to make sure you're advocating for yourself. You got to make sure that like you know you're getting seen by these coaches because I mean as somebody in my position where my coach didn't really like my coach was old school. He didn't teach us a lot about you know, technology and things like that. He was just about playing the wing tee and, and running the football and winning games. He didn't really care about, you know, if you got to college, I was cool for you, like whatever. But um, yeah, definitely just advocating for yourself. And like, I mean, it's all about who you know too. So if you can go and you can, you, you can um, like, like put yourself in front of people that will advocate for you and believe in the vision that, you know, you believe in as well, then it's like, you're, you're already way ahead of most people. I was gonna say, especially nowadays too with like social media, like everything can be videotaped and everything can can be in the eyes of somebody else. So it's it's about like taking advantage of the tools that you have, you know what I mean?
0: What about using social media in a smart way? Like I know some guys who didn't get recruited because they were like putting really, really bad stuff out there. Like really like hurting the brand basically with just really crappy stuff on Twitter and coaches were like, nah, like And you or a player who doesn't have that red flag but are a similar talent level will go with a guy who doesn't have the really crappy social media.
1: 100%. And it's like, um, oh, man, I might have just lost it. But uh, it's also, it's like, um, oh, I was going to say, so, like, football is like a metaphor for life, right? So so when you look at something like that, like, that's like, it it might have been a coach that didn't want to take a chance on you because of those things. But later down in life, if you keep going down that path and you don't fix it, that's going to be, you know, your, your, your bot, your potential boss that you could have had or, or like, you know, an opportunity that you could have missed because, you know, you, you thought you were being cool and in reality you were looking like a fool to everybody else that had a brain. So it's like, I think a hundred percent, like I've seen some guys go down the wrong path, especially with that social media, like one bad post can really descend you down a spiraling, you know, uh, a spiraling like uh, fall. But um, no, I agree with you a hundred percent on that.
0: Well, dude, um, first of all, thank you for coming on. Uh, It's been cool to, like, get to know you a little bit. Thanks Mm -hmm. for also being willing to. You came on to talk about fantasy football, and we very quickly, like, really didn't talk about fantasy football at all. We mostly talked about you and your life, and I'm grateful for you being willing to be open about that.
1: I'm great with that, man. Um, I definitely, I mean, uh, in my life, I feel like I've experienced a lot, and I've had to grow up pretty quick. And so, I mean, if if any of the words I can say can help other people, like, I think that that definitely, um, that, that means a lot, so... But the other thing is, I don't know if we talked about it, but we didn't talk about your matchup this week. I don't know if you want to get into that real quick. Oh, man. honestly. I, I don't honestly, know if you already talked about it.
0: No, I haven't. Uh, I'm honestly not sure what I'm going to do because I, I like, Jameer Gibbs is questionable. He's been kind of garbage all year for me. But I keep, like, holding out hope that eventually Jameer Gibbs is going to do something positive. Like, he's so talented, but he's Sorry. not getting the ball. They're not using him. kind of. I think I talked about it recently how – he reminds me of like a Ferrari you keep in your garage like under a, a tarp and never take out. It's like well, what's the point of having it if you're not gonna use it? I don't know, man. I, I don't have much room to like bench anyone. I, I've got Deshaun Watson, I've got George Kittle. I, I really don't have much room to make changes. I've got a, a starting lineup that barely can get me a win. And I've got like Dalton Kincaid or George Kittle and Jameer Gibbs. Those are the three guys I'm kinda of figuring out who's gonna start of the two of of the three of them. Who are the two that I'm gonna play? Like yeah. I don't know.
1: That Jameer Gibbs thing is also really weird because they drafted him really high just to not really use him, right? Like you said, like Ferrari you keep in the garage. Like, I mean, David Montgomery, don't get me wrong. I've been a David Montgomery, you know, like I've been following that guy for a minute, especially when he was on the Bears. Like that guy is a really good player. But, I mean, it's starting to kind of not make sense why they have Jameer Gibbs. I mean, maybe they have him like as a kind of an ETN type of player where he probably won't break out for another year or – Whatever, but I mean, the only way Gibbs is really going to get a lot of production is if Montgomery gets hurt, which I mean, it's kind of likely, but it's also like you can't really count on you know someone's health like that. But the other thing is, I'm looking at your bench right now. I'm really, I mean, if you got Kareem Hunt, and I think that's going to pay off for you in a couple weeks, like, because I mean, mean, he played for that team for a long time. I mean, he knows their he knows their system. It's a matter of time before he gets more touches. And I think I think that might come in a, in a week or two. Well, the sure. bad
0: news is Cleveland plays the 49ers this week, right? So, like, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, gotcha. I'm almost considering I just picked up Derek Carr. I'm like, do I bench Deshaun Watson for Derek Carr for a week? Just because I can't imagine the person who's going to do well against the 49ers defense right now. I just don't. Anyone playing them, it feels like don't touch that with a ten foot pole. They're just going to really yeah. struggle. So I'm like, uh.
1: I'd like to think that the Browns can put up a better effort than the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys have been just exposed. Like the Cardinals beat them. Are you like the Cardinals beat the Cowboys in a year like this year with Josh Dobbs at quarterback? I mean, are you kidding me? That should never have ever happened, and it happened. So I mean, I think that definitely the Browns could probably put. A better, like especially with that defense, Browns have. They got a solid unit. I mean, you can hope, so I know. man. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, well, their defense is. I I thought going into the year, the 49ers and the Browns were the two best rosters in football. So it's very possible. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I, I'm really. I think I am have a healthy skepticism now. Like I'm very cautious of letting myself get excited. I'm like, ah, it's gonna be a bad week. I'm gonna lose. You never know. Yeah. Um, I will say like the. The thing with Jameer Gibbs that makes sense to me, first of all, the Lions are winning. So, like, it's hard to criticize them for not using Jameer Gibbs when it's clearly working for them. Yeah. And then also, I, I don't know how much Lions football you've watched, but the times they've given Jameer Gibbs carries, he's had a couple opportunities to run between the tackles, and he's bounced it outside when it's not a, a play you bounce it outside. He's got to hit it hard inside, lower his shoulder, and, and just take what he can get. And so, he's been, I think, struggling a little bit to do what they need him to do rather than what he wants to do. Um, yeah. Where David Montgomery just hits the hole and follows his blockers and gets inside, and is more comfortable running between the tackles. I think they're they're kind of trying to figure out where Jameer Gibbs fits in with their offense. Understandably so.
1: And Jameer Gibbs is also very light. Like he's a very light running back. You know, like he's a smaller back. He's a scat back. He's a guy that's going to give you catches out of the backfield. I mean, he's probably most of the time their third down back. And I mean, uh, this is actually pretty crazy. I like how sleeper does this. It'll show you, like, their snap percentage, right? And, I mean, Jameer Gibbs, he'll play below 50% of the snaps, but he'll give you nine points. I mean, he'll still give you 40 yards rushing on eight carries or, you know, like he's still – I mean, I feel like he's just a big play threat, and I feel like they're just trying to find a way to get get him into those big plays. But, I mean, if I was him and I'm 5'9", 190 pounds, and I'm I'm running in between the tackles – I mean, I'm not gonna run right into DeForest Buckner or, or Fred Warner, like I'm I'm probably gonna bounce it outside too and try to beat him with speed. I mean, but yeah, no, I definitely that is definitely kind of a, a tough situation.
0: I don't this this might sound like I'm old timing you, I don't mean it that way. I don't probably know if you would is. remember this team, but in two thousand six the Saints drafted Reggie Bush and yep. they had Deuce McAllister and Reggie Bush and Reggie Bush ended up being kind of a bust. He was this guy who was very similar to Jameer Gibbs, really quick, a guy that used in the screen game was Not a guy that would really have a lot of runs between the tackles. But Deuce McAllister was their, like, every down back who was hitting the, you know, running between the tackles, getting a lot of yards, carrying the brunt of their uh, offense. And I worry that Jameer Gibbs, I don't know if a bust is the right word, but he might not be what we thought he could be. Because he might never be a running back who is your every down back who can run between the tackles. He might only be a screen guy who's more of a scat back and a guy you can't leave on the field you know, three yeah. downs in a row, and that, that really concerns me. I'm like, ugh, like, he just isn't quite what I thought he might be. He's not big, as big as I wanted him to be. He's, uh, yeah. he's not as physical as I thought as a runner. It, it's kind yeah. of, I'm like, hmm, can he be Alvin Kamara? Maybe, but Alvin Kamara can lower his shoulder, and we haven't seen that from yeah. Gibbs really at all.
1: Well, and the other thing, too, is, is I feel like this situation just gives me so many vibes back to, like, when Jacksonville was, when they first drafted ETN and they had uh, James Robinson and James Robinson was like their every down back and they didn't really use ETN too much. And and, and I feel like Gibbs is kind of similar to ETN where they're just like, I feel like if you, you give him a year or two of him gaining a little bit of muscle mass and, and, you know, uh, being in that system, getting more touches, more carries. I mean, the Lions, like the Lions love the running back. So I feel like eventually he'll definitely be, you know, a solid player because, I mean, that, like, you can just see from his college highlights, that, that guy's got some real talent. Like, he's, he can definitely um, change the game just, just by being himself. He just, he just has to, you know, make that transition into the NFL. I feel like a lot of guys got to do that. Same with, like, Pacheco or, like, even Nico Collins. Nico Collins was solid last year, but, I mean, now he's really starting to break, uh, break the doors open. Same with Pacheco. Uh, I think you do got a solid team. I think that Cowboys defense, once they lost Diggs, definitely hurts you. But they still can be a solid unit going forward as long as that offense can keep, you know, putting pressure on people.
0: I've got a joke maybe to end this if you want. It's it's a bit we talked about being good on social media, being clean. Uh, I don't know how jokes fit into that conversation. But my my profile, my team picture right now is is Zach Wilson, right? I dropped Zach Wilson. My team name is still the Mother Lovers. And uh, they were joking in the group chat. I'm like, you know, to be honest... Mother Lover still kind of fits me, as, as, as me, Zach Schombler. <laughs> <laughs> so I might make my team logo just a picture of me, like, in the back of my truck. like. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yeah, no, like, that'd be pretty
1: <laughs> funny. That'd be hilarious, I don't, I don't know if
0: that's messed up, but that that's maybe better than the Serial Predators. I don't know.
1: <laughs> but no, the Serial Predators oh, is also um, pretty funny. Though, thank too. you for
0: your time. I, awesome. I thought so. I, you know, it's, it's like a risky joke where someone, if the wrong person sees it, they're probably going to get mad. But if you got mm-hmm. a, like, a fun attitude and you can take a joke, I think it's funny.
1: Yeah, um, definitely got to take a joke.
0: But I don't know, man. More
1: people got to do that. Anything
0: you want to talk about left? I, I don't want to cut you short. Nah, nah, I, no, you know, no, I'm no, no, you're good.
1: Um, I just no. Nah, just want to say thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. I'm definitely excited to listen to this episode that comes out. I'm pretty sure tomorrow. So, uh, no, nah, just thank you for having me on. And best of luck to you this week. And uh, I'm hopefully going to take home the, the crown on, on this uh, fantasy league.
0: <laughs> oh, I meant to ask, are you getting your school paid for?
1: uh yeah most of it but the other thing is like I'm um I'm an Oregon kid so I I already get really good FAFSA so my FAFSA basically pays for most of it anyway so it doesn't I I usually um I usually get a little stipend coming back for like school and like books and stuff so that's pretty sweet
0: dude I'm telling you man get your degree use this opportunity as best you can like I really I didn't get my degree and I regret it I was really close and I the show Mm -hmm. took off and I left school in 2020 So I just don't do the thing I did is not get your degree. Um, It makes your life way easier in the real world. And I can't encourage you enough.
1: I bet you can't complain either, though, about, uh, you know, where you ended up. I feel like, you know, living in Hawaii, doing what you want to do, doing a podcast. I mean, maybe you didn't get your degree and maybe things didn't go exactly the way you wanted in that realm. But you're also on a path that you can, I feel like any you or just anybody could be satisfied with. And I just hope you don't leave us against that because that was a a tough (laughs) couple months, man.
0: Uh, I I appreciate you, man. Yeah. It's scary out there. Like without a degree, I I think I felt like I was stuck doing SOS and I couldn't do anything else. And I had to Mm -hmm. kind of go out. Like I did HVAC. Um, Yeah, exactly. I I actually, the the week I got the apartment here, my friend called me. He's like, do you want like a deal of a lifetime to live here? And I'm like, yes. But the same week uh, she called me with an offer to live here. I got offered three jobs doing sales and it really Mm -hmm. gave me peace of mind. Like, okay, I'm, I can do HVAC. I can do a trade. I could join a union. I could sell stuff. I can do the podcast. Like I'm not stuck with just this little one career path on YouTube. Like right. I can do other things if I ever need to. Yeah, but that no. was everything I needed. It was just peace of mind. Like okay, I'm not stuck.
1: But I certainly mm-hmm. would have
0: had even more opportunities and more pathways if I'd had a degree. Like there mm-hmm. are certain jobs I just will never be able to get because I don't have my degree finished. And so mm-hmm. uh, it just the more like educated you are, the more. Uh, like skill sets you have, the more certificates you have, the more opportunities you have, and the more options you have. And so yeah. I just always encourage people if you can get a degree and get as many options open to you as you can, do it. Cause it'll, even if you yeah. never use your exercise science degree, exactly, you can still use that piece of paper to get to so many other places. Right. And uh, that's it's the honestly, thing that no one really told me that I probably wish I needed, I needed to hear probably when I was in college.
1: Yeah, no, uh, I definitely agree with everything you just said there, 100%. I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to cut you off. No, no, no. What you say, like, always uh, be feeling certain things that I'd be thinking. And um, honestly, though, like, uh, you're you're 100% right. I think everybody needs to, you know, or at least in today's day and age, like, having a a piece of paper is, is very you know like important to certain people like my sister who's an accountant she can move up in her job even though she's probably qualified to because she doesn't have that piece of paper it's not even about being educated necessarily it's about just having that piece of paper that piece of paper gives you options you know what i'm saying and so um like that's what they always be saying they always say like c's get degrees right and that's like what people just be shooting for the piece of paper just so that you know that those options can't come out but no i definitely appreciate everything you said and then um it's definitely it's good to hear that from somebody because it almost kind of gives you a little bit of you know, motivation to keep going.
0: Um, can I say one more thing? I think, yeah, really. Sure. Well, like I, I also would encourage don't take out a bunch of debt. Like if you can find that mm. balance, because I also know people that are three hundred thousand dollars in debt because they went to a really big school in New York and they are never probably ever going to pay that off. So there's like a balance yeah. there. Right. If you can find a situation where like Central Washington, for example, is a really low cost college. Mm -hmm. Something like that. East, central, uh, like Western Oregon is another option where if you can get a degree for a lower cost and have that piece of paper but not be screwed financially for the rest of your life too, like there is a balance there. So I don't encourage people to flippantly throw around money and just take out $200,000 of student loans. But I also acknowledge like my life would have more options if I had a degree. So there's that balance and healthy medium, and I, I just would encourage lots of thoughtfulness. And these are conversations I never had when I was 18, right. really looking around. I just signed a piece of paper, took out a loan, and jumped for it. And uh, I'm still paying off my loans, so I guess it's yeah. an interesting problem.
1: And it, and I also I also have like I also like the idea of certain people like if you're not playing sports or whatever, right? Like you can go do a couple years at a community college and then go to the big school that you wanted to go to. Yeah, and that is definitely like. Especially when you're working at those, like, or when you're doing a community college and you're able to kind of work along with doing school, like, you're able to put yourself in a way better financial spot to to um to go to like the bigger school that you might have wanted, or, or whatever that may be, if yeah. you do want to spend that money. But um no. Well, I, huh? I also
0: think you can acknowledge like the system is kind of dumb. Like it's dumb. You need this this like little piece of paper, right? Like if right. I have the
1: paper, ooh,
0: I can get a job. <laughs> but it's also the system, and like I yeah. can't change the system myself. I don't like it but it's also reality. So you can Mm -hmm. have both be true where it's dumb and annoying, but it also probably is best to play ball.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. I
0: don't know, man. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening to my ramblings. I I, I love you, man. I'm rooting for you. Uh, I hope your hip is good. I hope your life is good. I hope school is good. I hope football is good. I'm just rooting for you, man, and it's really cool you came on and and talked about this stuff, man. I I really appreciate it.
1: Rooting for you, too. Maybe I'll give you an update in a a month uh, about how everything's going. I'm Hell yeah, sweet. man.
0: Send me pictures yeah, yeah. of you playing football. I'd, I mean, I, I really want to see when you get back and are healthy. Mm-hmm. Like, I just am excited for your future, man. I'll
1: send you a few clips for sure. Absolutely. Thanks, sweet. brother. Thank you, man.
0: Dude, what the heck was that? I can't believe Jacob plays college football at Western Oregon. I, I, I did not see that coming. Did not expect that. That's pretty wild. That's very cool. And uh, we talked about it. His family's in Portland. My family's in the Portland area. My truck is also in the Portland area. So, like, I'll even take a road trip maybe to go see him in Monmouth, Oregon, get dinner with him. Like, he's a cool dude. We talked about throwing the football around. We talked for a little bit after. Jacob, I love you, man. That's so cool. I'm rooting for you in life. Thanks for coming on. Everyone listening, I can't believe that. We stumble into people like that occasionally, like where—actually, I think like we're two for two. Last week, Jake had a really compelling story about a college—he was a college dropout— who is going back to try to get back to finish his GED and then go to college, like getting all his testing done. Now we got Jacob who plays college football. We're two for two with like really great interviews and really interesting people. Uh, I kind of can't believe that. I can't believe that happened. That's very cool. I hope it was okay we didn't talk about fantasy football much. We talked mostly about Jacob and football and life. And that's the way the show goes, I guess. But um, guys, I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you so very much for tuning in, and uh, have a great day. But dum bum bam, we are done.